Hallelujah. Father, we give you the praise, we give you the honor, the glory, and the adoration in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and hallelujah. Amen. Can I have a loud amen? Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to greet all of you once more again in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right. I'll be the one ministering the word of God um, this morning to you. Turn with me to the book of First Timothy, chapter 4, verse 15. 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 15. Put these abilities to work. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone may notice your improvement and progress. Put these abilities to work. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone may notice your improvement and progress. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word we have just read. We are asking you to bless this holy word. And Father, we thank you that utterance and articulation comes from you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. May the house of the Lord say, Amen. 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 And I'd like to welcome those who are live streaming. Uh, we greet you here from Believers Bible Church. May you enjoy the message. May you be blessed. May the Lord uh, speed you. May God do you well, well. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And we are live every Sunday around 10. I think these days it will be from 10.30. Amen. Hallelujah. It's just an hour of your life and you'll never regret it. Amen. Right. I am going to be encouraging you, like I said in the previous weeks, it's not really a season to teach and it's more of a season to encourage people. But um, I want to just make a few highlights and comments this morning with respect to the text that we read this morning. As for Psalms 23 verse 6, the last portion of it, we will do it in May. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I think this is my third last sermon. Next week is another one. There, after I preach the last one, then I'm going to sit down for a while. You'll have other preachers preach. Hallelujah. It has been a long journey for me. I need rest finally, and I'm going to do it. Amen. And you'll have news. So come to church every week because you are going to miss me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think my last sermon will be on the second, third, on the fourth of April. Amen. Then I'm going to sit down for a while, and then um, I'll see you sometime in May. Then I'll conclude Psalms 23. Amen. Hallelujah. We all need rest, amen. It has been a long journey. Maybe I must tell you, it has been a long five-year journey, uh, preaching almost every week myself, sometimes twice, sometimes three times a week, and occasionally we'll have somebody, but I've never taken time off ever in those five years. Last year, I've never taken even a Sunday off. I preached all the sermons every Sunday during lockdown, and then uh, I think during the week we were having services, I did 
all of those so you can see that at some point you need to rest, amen. But only when you have worked. So I've done my dues, I've paid my dues, I need to rest. If you haven't worked, you don't deserve to rest, amen. And glory to God, amen. Hallelujah, amen. But you'll enjoy those weeks when I'm off. You'll really enjoy them and God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Coming back to today's text. For First Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. If you have your Bible open, you might want to have a look. Uh, go verse number 12, just to lay a foundation. This letter was written to Timothy by the Apostle Paul. That's what Bible scholars say. I want to say they are correct. It was written by the Apostle Paul. And this was written to be read, read in the churches. So it was written for us. But there is a strong belief that this is a pastoral letter together with 2 Timothy and the book of Titus that this actually gives instructions to those who are in the ministry or desire to be in the ministry. However, the instructions here, they are valid for anyone called by God. In other words, if you are called by God to be a nurse, called by God to be a medical doctor, called by God to be a lawyer, called by God to be an accountant, called by God to be an engineer, called by God to be an assistant, called by God to be a helper, called by God to be a pastor. In other words, called by God to be a gardener because that's the first profession. Adam was a gardener. Hallelujah. So called by God to be whatever it is in this life. I believe that the texts or the words found in the book of Timothy are relevant for anyone who desires to fulfill the purpose of God in their lives. So these scriptures are not restricted to pastors only. Amen. Are you still with me? And now when you read verse number 12, you will begin to see something amazing and something powerful there. I am not going to read it, but when you look at verse 12 and also 13, and 14, and all the way to 15, we only read verse 15. You will quickly learn that uh, the apostle, his instruction to Timothy was that don't allow anyone to despise your youth. Can we just start there first and foremost? That if you are going to fulfill what God has called you for, if you are going to be a person of significance, if you are going to be successful in life, if you are going to become somebody of note, in other words, if you are going to be great in your family or in your generation or wherever you come from, you need to be aware of there will be people who will despise you. They will despise you first and foremost because you are young. We live in a country whereby young people are not taken seriously. That is why we are having the strikes we see out there. We are living in a country whereby we despise the youth. Why am I saying that? Because when you look at our cabinet, for example, in parliament, it's mostly people in their 50s and beyond. Hallelujah. 
And some in there, when they say it's a youth, he's in his 40s, hallelujah, and very, very few are in their 20s. And that's a problem when the youth makes the majority. We are living in a country whereby the youth are unemployed, the youth are struggling, the youth are hustling, they're doing all kinds of things, trying to survive, but they are not taken seriously. In other words, if you are still young and also young at heart, be aware that people will despise you. Be aware that people will not take you seriously. However, the Bible instructs us that don't allow them to despise the, you. In other words, don't give them a reason to despise you just because you are young. Your age has nothing to do with your calling. God calls whoever he wants to call. In other words, when people look down on you, it should not be because you are young. Don't give people a reason to look down on you. Let me teach you something powerful this morning. I want to teach you to become rebellious. Maybe that will be my title. I don't have a title in front of me. But I think they have a title, those who are on YouTube. But I don't have a title. But I think I want to teach you how to become a holy, rebellious person. Yeah, you need to get out of the mold. You need to go for what is yours. And don't look at your age. So Paul says to Timothy, don't allow people to look down on you because you're young. Work on, your, on the matters of love. Work on the matters of faith. Work on the matters of this. Then he instructs him further. He says, be committed to the reading of the scriptures. Be committed to teaching. And, and, and be committed to fulfilling the work of the ministry. But not only that, remember that the, the elders of the church prophesied upon you, acknowledging the gift of God upon your life. And a prophecy was said. And hands were laid upon you. I just want to talk to that person this morning who knows the promises of God. They have heard the word of God that said that they are not the tails but they are the heads. This is a person who knows the Bible that the Bible says God has plans to prosper them. I want to talk to that person this morning that indeed God wants to prosper you. That indeed, God wants to see you successful. Jesus says, I have come to give you life and to give you life abundantly. I want to talk to that person who knows that God wants to give them a life of abundance, but somehow they are not seeing the manifestation of the promises of God in their lives. Hallelujah. And I'm here to say to you, you can see that happen in your life, whatever God has promised in, your, in his word regarding your life. So now, I want you, number one, to be rebellious. Rebel against low expectations. Write it down if you're taking notes. Rebel against low expectations. Whose low expectations are those? Your low expectations rebel against them. Let's repeat that. Rebel against your low expectations. Begin to expect more from yourself. 
begin to demand more from yourself. Your family, they have low expectations from you. They just want you to have an eight to five job. If you can just feed the family and that's all they expect from you, rebel against that. You were not born just to feed people. You were born for something greater than that. While you are feeding people, there is something that God has called you for. You need to rebel against low expectations set up by your family, set up by your teachers. Your teachers have already said students from this school will never make it to university. Rebel against that. You have to say, I will be the first one from my school to make it to university so and so. You have to rebel. You know, I remember when we were going to university several years ago, I was filling up the forms, and there was a section in the form where it says, which one is your school? Hey, my school, I looked and I looked. It was nowhere to be found. Even Orlando High was in that list. Hey, man, it eat me inside. What's happening here? I'm, I'm at the first one or the second one or third one. There's something wrong with the school I come from. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll make the list now. I'll go in. So if you come from such schools that did not make it to the list in university, you will be the first one to make it. In other words, the school you are does not determine your altitude. You determine it. You determine how far you go in. So the expectations of your school should not determine who you become in life. And some of you, you are spoiled already. You are in the finest of schools. And those schools should not determine who you become. Because those schools can still limit you. Never allow any teacher to limit your potential. Rebel against the expectations of people. And align with the purpose of God for your life. That's very, very important. And... Let me teach you a good one now. Rebel against low expectation set by your pastor when it comes to your life. Shall I repeat that one? Shall I repeat it? When pastor sets a low expectation for your life, rebel. Myself included. Who are people to set you? expectations for you. Only God can set the standard for you. That's what I'm trying to teach this morning. Hello? I get it. We see you here and we set expectations. And if the expectation is not what God expects from you, rebel against it. I think if there's any powerful thing I just said, it will be that for the morning. Because pastors have so much power that they limit your potential. I remember I was once told that if you come to church and you run the library for the church, we are more than happy. I had to rebel against that. It came from a good place because I'm passionate about books. I read books. I try to have my small library. So it was a good fit. But who said I must run a library in the church? I rebelled against that expectation. That is not God, this one is come, coming from a man of God. With all respect, say, I am not going to run a library in the church. This is not what God wants from me. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Let us not limit what you can do in this life. Know what God expects from you. And go with that. 
and live what people expect from you. Never allow mommy and daddy to limit you. Never. Actually, mommy and daddy will limit you in this way because they want to live their failed dreams through you. And their failed dreams were so low and now they are bringing their low expectations to you to fulfill them for them. No, let them fulfill their own low, ex uh, low expectations. You focus on what God has played in your heart. And I can tell you now, every child has the dreams of God. Every human being has the desire. I know I'm preaching. Uh, my, my ones have changed over the years. There were times I wanted to build bridges. And I grew up a little bit. I wanted to design aeroplanes. You know, and... It has changed. It changes over the years, but everything I dreamt of, I didn't see anyone in my family do that. And I aligned with the dreams of God. Hello? Amen. Do you, you understand, Aguirre? Hmm, hmm. Where I come from, I'm not aware of any international preacher. When I say international, revered and respected globally. I want to be that. So don't put limitations on me. While you are singing Hillsong in South Africa, I want them to sing Believers in Australia. What about that? Hello? Just for that. Amen. Amen. Yeah? You sing the songs from overseas in America. What about Believers write songs also? We send them to America. And Hello? I'm talking to you. That's your message. Why lower the bar? Let's go with the expectations of God. So when we look around, we don't see anyone doing that. Fine, we'll be the first one. So let us not allow people to despise us because we are young. I'm also young, hallelujah. Yes, I'm old, but I'm also young, hallelujah. I'm under 50, so I'm still young. Amen. Do you hear me, Agere? So all of us must pursue what God has laid in our hearts and never conform to the expectations of our generation. Therefore, I want you to rebel against low expectations. Can I see the rebels now? Raise your hands. Yes. Yeah. Marabele. Right. I'm preaching to the right people. You are rebelling against low expectations. And you are not going to allow anyone to despise you because you are young. Never allow that. Never allow anyone to despise you because you are black. Rebel against that. I once had a white man. It really offended me. How did you become a geologist? Because black people are good with sports and arts. I was very angry. That your expectation for a black man is not to be a professional scientist. is to be a sports person and an artist. And I said, inside, I didn't answer him because that was not a good one. But the, the point I'm trying to say, we must never allow people to set the standards for us. Just because of what's in colors. So you must rebel against that. How about you said there's not, not being a single black person achieve this? You will be the first one. And God bless you. Amen. Amen. My new rebels. Hallelujah. So what I just said to you. Don't adapt to the low cultural expectations of the season. Our culture sets expectations. 
And I'm saying, don't adapt to them. Never. Refuse to adapt. Now, let me go to verse 15. And let me bless you. First Timothy chapter 4. Verse 15. Put these abilities to work. Throw yourself into your task. So that everyone may notice your improvement and progress. Now listen to this. Anyone you see in your generation, all right? Listen carefully. Anyone you see today who is great and highly successful, ne? they were born normal. Did you know that? Anyone, you choose anyone. I can give you guarantee. Even if they were born in a castle, they were born normal. Go ask the prince in England and who's in Canada, wherever he is now. He shows you how normal we are. We are all born normal. However, what makes people great, what makes people successful, it is not their family. It's Jesus first and foremost. Now, you know that. You know the truth. You have received Jesus, but somehow it is not manifesting. Somehow you are not living the truth that you have been called to by Jesus. Jesus says, we will be in charge in this world. We will reign as kings. We, all those beautiful things. But somehow we are right at the bottom of the food chain. What is wrong is because our preaching is theoretical and not practical. When we come with a practical uh, a teaching, you frown. And that is why you will remain at the bottom of the food chain. You will remain with your church that will pay rent for its entire life. But if you are going to see a change, you need to shift your mindset and start to believe that it is possible. And you have to start to believe you need to be practical with your knowledge of scriptures. But anyway, what I'm trying to say, greatness is a choice. Jesus has called you to greatness. It's still your choice to be great. Jesus has called you to greatness. It's fact, truth. We can give you as many verses as we can. You know that. You jump for that. But you are not great. Truth, fact. Because you are not practical. You want us to lay hands and you fall every week? No. We are not going to do that. We have to challenge your mindset. So I just said to you, greatness is a choice. Can I give you another one? Progress is a choice. And don't be. Says Bongi Lucas, I can tell you now. Progress is a choice. You don't progress and become great by accident. It has never happened like that. Even you see, even when you see an opportunity by accident, it will take a choice to pursue. The opportunity. Oh, you mean you're missing the point here. Even if you hear the gospel and you hear about Jesus, you still have to make a choice to receive him. 
So everything in life, I can tell you now, outside Jesus hinges on the power of the choices you make. You had to make a choice to receive Jesus. And guess what? You'll have to continually make choices for the rest of your life. You have to make a choice that I am going to have a paradigm shift. You have to make a, a, a choice in your head that I am going to change my mindset. I am going to change the way I do things. I am going to be transformed. I am going to become a new entity. I want to be great. I want to see the manifestation of the word in my life. I don't want to live in theory, but I want to practice the word. The Bible says after you have heard the Bible, after you have heard the sermon, after you have read the Bible, you must go out and practice it. Because if you don't practice what you read or heard about, you become like a person who looked at themselves in a mirror. As soon as they turned away, they had forgotten about how they looked like. And that is why they had to go back and look again in the mirror. As the ladies, they even keep the mirror in their backs. Because you forget how you look like. So you always have to look at yourself. So hearing the word and never practicing, you are just becoming that. In other words, the word was designed to be practiced. Do the word. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, when you say you have Jesus, when somebody says, what has this Jesus has done for you? You can start from a practical point and take them to the spiritual. That's how it works. A non-spiritual person will never identify with your spiritual blessings, but will identify with your physical blessings. So as much as you say you are blessed with Christ in the heavenly, can you be blessed in the natural? So can we see the manifestation of the blessing in the natural too? So that others can also see the hand of God in your life, so that they can come to the faith. In fact, some people are not getting born again, not because the gospel is not being preached. You are being a wrong role model to them. They have heard the gospel, but they go like, I am not going to be like so-and-so. Because so-and-so, as a Christian, he's always getting fired. He's always submitting reports late at work. He's always, always, always in the negative. He's not doing well in class, and nobody wants to be a Christian. Because we don't practice the word. Let's see what the word says. So every great person you see or know made a choice to be great. And a choice has to be followed with a commitment. You can't just say I've made a choice. You must commit. Once you make a choice to receive Jesus, right? Let's say you have not received Jesus. You make a choice, right? Then you must commit to that choice. You must commit that now, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I am no longer in charge of my life. You are in charge of my life. I will live my life according to your word. I will do everything your word instructs me to do. Like what I'm telling you today, that there's a few things you need to do for you to see the blessings of God manifest in your life, literally here on earth. Hallelujah. While we are looking forward to the day, we walk in the streets of gold. Amen. Glory to God. I said this to our leaders on Friday that commitment attaches action to your choice. Until you make a commitment, there'll never be action in your life. Every significant achievement is a result of devotion to something greater. 
Now let's hold it there. Let's unpack 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. I had forgotten that I need to unpack it for you, actually, you know. Sometimes we preachers, we talk as if you know the context we are talking from. So let me unpack it quickly for you. It's in three parts, this scripture. Three parts. The first part, put these abilities to work. This is what it means, make the list quickly. Put these abilities to work. This is what it says. Right? Okay, before you make the list, let, let's do it this way to, uh, to help some of you. The apostle says, hands have been laid upon you, and you have been prophesied already. However, nothing will manifest, Timothy, in your life unless you do what I'm about to tell you. In other words, if you are not doing what I'm about to tell you, it's not going to manifest. For real. Put these abilities to work. Look at that line. Put these abilities at work. So it's an ability that if you decide to, you won't put it at work. Or you can decide to put it at work. Now, the scripture says, put this ability to work. In the context of Timothy, it's preaching. It's teaching. Hmm? It's doing the work of the ministry, I get it. But in your case, it could be doing the work of a doctor, doing the work of a lawyer, doing the work of whatever it is that God has called you. Now, what does it mean to put abilities to work? It means to practice. Hallelujah. Are you still with me, Basalwane? You need to practice the word. That's number one on that list. Practice the word. Number two, you need to be diligent. You see, people who don't practice the word, after five years of ministry, encouraging them to take notes in church, will still not take notes. When you give them the list, they don't write it down. Guess what? That's not diligence. Diligence means being attentive to details. Be diligent in everything you do. KB said something important on Friday in our meeting. Or whatever we do here at church, it affects everything in our lives everywhere. But now, whatever he does out there affects everything, even at church. Because you can't have multiple personalities. So your diligence at church tells me about your diligence at work. Your diligence at work tells us about your diligence at home. Your diligence at home tells us about your diligence at church. Because you can't separate this. For example, you can't separate this thing because it's who you are. So you need to be diligent. And now when you come to church, when we teach you diligence, be diligent. Be meticulous. The Bible says, check out the things we are teaching you if they are correct. I don't know how many of you, you go and check out if the teachings are accurate. You don't even know what we are teaching, in fact. So there's nothing to check. But if you are diligent, you are able to check it out. If I said in the list, write diligence. You won't forget it. When you get home, you can check out if diligence is a requirement for greatness or not. Hello? Amen. Amen. Work hard. 
I get it. It put these abilities to work. To put the ability to work, it means work hard. The fact that you pray does not mean you must not work hard. Christians, they believe once they have prayed and pastor has prophesied and pastor has laid hands on them, they don't have to work hard. Shame on you. I can tell you now, you will never be great if you are not working hard. Go, go and check for yourself. Whether they are believers or non-believers, they work hard. The pastors here in South Africa who are running thriving ministries, who are doing great things for God, they are hard workers. There's one pastor, he happens to be white, he's just here in Santin. I look up to him, and guess what? Throughout the entire season, air, COVID, whatever, the pandemic, he was working hard. He was preaching every day. He was, he was talking to people. He was doing whatever he can. He did not fold his hands about this is the pandemic. He worked hard. And that is why his ministry is thriving, not because he's praying hard. We are all praying, but we are not all working hard. I have to challenge you. We all know the scriptures, but we are all not working hard. You have to work hard. It has been prophesied. You know the calling. You know they said we're not about number one, goes long. Until you work hard, you're not going to be number one. Until you work hard, you're not going to be a top teacher. Until you work hard, you are not going to build the school, you are not going to build the church, you are not going to build that company, you are not going to do anything significant. You must work hard. The kingdom is not for lazy people. I am not a lazy pastor. I do my part of working hard. I do roll my hands and do the best I can. You know why? So that when God shows up to bless, he finds my work ready to be blessed. God must find something to work with. When God shows up in your space, there's nothing to work with. There's nothing to bless. Create something that God can bless. There's nothing to bless in your life. You have no scriptures to be blessed. You must work hard. You know preaching is hard work. What you don't know. You prepare and you prepare. The only time preaching is not hard work is when somebody preaches two sermons for their entire life. They tend to be very good and that's all they know. But if you are like me, since March 26 to March today, 21, you have preached over 55 sermons, go on YouTube, they are all there. It takes hard work. And while you are doing that, you are improving. It takes even greater hard work. And while you are doing that, you are seeing results in the lives of people. It takes a lot of hard work. Yes, we are praying. Yes, we fast. Yes, we read the scriptures, but it's hard work. I was telling the leaders, a ceremonia, one hour, you might have to take at least minimum. And that's if you already know the Bible like me. Okay? A minimum of eight hours sermon preparation. Minimum. Every five minutes, you put an hour. And that is why you can't concentrate for an hour because you have never sat down and prepared a sermon for a whole week. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hello? Do, do you get what I'm trying to say? So everything you see in life that is good is because somebody made a choice to produce something good in their generation. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me. 
You'll only see the goodness of the Lord the day you decide to work hard. I've said it, I'm going to repeat. We all have six pack. I do, and it's coming. But you must work hard. You can fast as much as you want to until you hit the streets, until you hit the gym, until you alter your diet, you are going to remain the way you are. You have to work hard for it. You know that. It's, it's a fact. How I wish I can pray away my big tummy or my big belly away. Eh? It makes me uncomfortable like a preacher when I see the videos and I go like, God, what can I do? Can you do something about it? About it? There's the street, young man. <laughs> when I come back from the city, he says, no, it's not enough. Don't you want to try push-ups? Then I try them. He says, why don't you try maybe sit up? That's hard work. I try to pray it away. But guess what? Everything else like that. I had to make a difficult choice in my life. When I say difficult choice, now this is a difficult one. The easiest choice I've made was to marry my wife. <laughs> that was an easy one. Eh? It's like... Now, the most difficult one I had to make was to stop to drink cappuccino. I've been clean now for three months. Ne? <laughs> Clap hands. That was the most difficult choice. I think since I was 22 or 21, somewhere there. When, when was my first time in Santin? Around, yeah, around 2000, somewhere there. So for almost or over 20 years, ne? For 20 years flat, at least minimum, I've been drinking cappuccino every single day of my life and at least three cups. And not the one, I guess you can't make nice cappuccino at home. So I've been going to coffee shop at least three times a day buying a cappuccino. So the day I decided to stop that, do you know how difficult is that? That's when I realized actually it was an addiction. But when I made the quality decision to stop it, because I realized barely before I even ran, Guess what? I committed to that Kisto bill. And I'm not planning to ever have that thing again in my life. Whether with different forms of milk, no, I don't drink cappuccino. I, I, I have made that decision. You know what? If you want to see into the great Pilombaha, you must make difficult choices. Difficult. I don't know to you what's difficult. Everything else to me, that's easy. But I remember again why I'm saying it's difficult. It's automatic to wake up in the morning. Now, to change that routine, it takes a lot of, yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you, let's work at nine. That's a difficult choice you must make. Or let's work at seven. Hello? You have to make that choice. Hmm? You must work hard in Dombi. Memory, you must work hard. Not a little bit, hard. You are looking for a job, for example, memory. You must work hard at finding a job. In other words, when others are showing up at work or seven, you should be out already on your way to look for a job. Or seven, like others, be at work, working hard. KB wants to start a business, it's the same. You'll have to work hard. Some of you, you, you have interest in ministry. You'll have to work even harder. You see now, ministry is nip up in place. <laughs> You'll have to work harder than everybody. You come with the best sermon that you think that the Lord is going to speak and everybody stares at you like that. There's the hard work. I don't know if you, you, you get what I'm trying to say. You'll have to work even harder than everyone else around you if you're going to be great. 
I hear my favorite preachers, the great ones that are well known, he'll tell you, I did not sleep the whole night preparing this message. Can you give me an amen? amen. No, I just said to you, can you give me an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 You have to understand these things. Let, let, let's continue. There's three parts, but I'm still doing the first one. The other one, you need to attend to the things that God has prophesied upon your life. I don't know what it is, and I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Attend to what God has said about you. You know the list. You know what God said about your life in course. Attend to what God has said about your life. No pastor is going to do that for you. I can tell you since I'm your pastor, Ngozi, I am not going to attend to the things that God has said about your life. It's your responsibility to know what God has said about your life and attend to that. There's a secret to becoming great. You must cultivate. We've preached about cultivation nonstop. You must cultivate the abilities. You see, God will anoint you, but you need to exercise the anointing. Until you lay hands, no one is going to get healed. Until you lay hands, no one is going to talk in tongues. Until, until you exercise the gift. So you must cultivate the gift until you start to see the, 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 the results. But you think you're anointed, uh, people will just uh, change. No. You must cultivate the gift, in my case, the gift of talking or preaching. I must cultivate it every week. I go back. If you think you are critical of my sermons, no, you are not. I'm the most critical. I dissect them and put them in pieces. I listen to every sermon I preach at least three to four times. And say, I could have said it better. I go and review. Because I, I'm cultivating these things. I want to be great. But it does not happen automatic. You go and look everywhere. You must do your part. Cultivate the business you have. Cultivate the gift with your feeling. Whatever it is, work on that. The long and the short of it on this part, put your abilities at work. There's an educator in our midst. What does it mean when you don't put your abilities at work? Oh, I'm good at educate. That's fine. But the point is, we all have abilities. Until you put them at work, they are not going to work. Anointing, it has to save it until you save it. Se porofito me, se has to save it as well as until you save it. Has to save it at all. Students at the back, until the baladi bukata lona. There's no straight A's. It's a fact. You must work hard. Mm, you must work hard. Even when we know that you are naturally gifted and talented. This, okay, let me teach the kids quickly, ne? the teenagers that are here. I get them to meet all of you. I look us up, hey, okay, grade one, okay, to grade five and grade mama, and those things, ne? you can afford not to read and pass. Actually, it's your natural abilities then. 
But as you go up at the grades, you must start to, if you haven't cultivated that, you must start reading. Guess what? I agree. The standard is here. Ne? When I, oh, more you are going naturally, you reach here, something like that. If you don't start reading, you'll start declining because the work is going high and high and high. And that's how most clever kids fail. As the demand increased, they never increased their work ethic. Labona Gere. Who is Pasa grade seven? But grade 80 takes a little bit of effort to get the same marks. Grade 12, it takes even more effort to get the same grades. So you cultivate that while you are 10 years, 11, 12, 13, you cultivate that now. Because because university, who's only late. While others about choice what it means, when nobody has a dictionary to check what choice it means. And I go English whole choice, Hello? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Amen. When you're supposed to know those words already. Let's leave that. I spoke to the young ones. Now, that's the first part of the scripture. The second part of the scripture says, throw yourself into your task. Can you see that? So this is what it means. Give yourself wholly. Give thyself wholly, completely to the work. So whatever it is, whatever the work is, whatever work that God has called you for, you must give yourself wholly unto it. Throw yourself into the task. Stroll into it. Dive into it. All right? You must devote yourself to the task. Without devotion to the task, without devotion to your calling or whatever that God wants you to do, you will never become great. You must be devoted. You must practice, you must be diligent, you must work hard, but you must be devoted in doing the hard work. During this lockdown, you can be great, you can amount to something when everybody's losing their job. You can have 10 offers of jobs because you are working hard at becoming somebody. You must devote yourself. Make it real. That's what it means. Harry, throw yourself at the task. The easiest English is to say, make it real. Here's the prophecy. Jump into it and make it real. God is not going to make it real. You must make it real. Oh, miss call. Big miss call. You are expecting God to make it real. He has already blessed you. The word has come out. It's your job to make it real. Whatever dreams I have, it is my responsibility to make them real. As with God, he has opened the gates for me. He has made sure that it can be real, but I must take responsibility in making sure it becomes real. Whatever you're dreaming about, you must make it real. Nobody else, not even the government. Students, well, but we do some of us had to hustle our way through university. Go to university and run to work and go back to work and go to university and, and balance the two and make it real. Because if we did not do it that way, we'll have dropped out or we'll have been shot while striking. While we were poor and others were striking in our university, guess what? 
we are at work or we are in the library trying to push. We do not have time for that because we realize no government will help me. Nobody is going to bring me the funds. I have two hands. I have two legs. I'll go and do some work and get paid for it and not buy sneakers and pay my fees. Amen. Can I hear someone say you are preaching good? Amen. So not, not, it's not because education was given to them in a silver platter. They made sure they get educated. I read a story three or four weeks ago in the newspaper. A man in Pretoria was a gardener for over 20 years. He's now a qualified lawyer. He's moving towards being an advocate. The money they gave him with the family, he paid fees to Eunice. He made it real. While when you are coming every week here expecting pastor to lay hands on you, you have to make it real. You'll have to get your priorities right in life. Amen. And I want you to succeed during this COVID. Amen. Of course, there's commitment there. Write it down. Throw yourself in it. Another one that I want to give you, be in it. You can't become great unless you be in the zone. Be in it. Be there. If you're a student, be a student. If you are a married person, be a married person. If you're running a business, be in the business. Here in South Africa, most people are running business. They are not in the business. They are in other people's business. It's called restaurant, dining the whole day there. Nothing productive happens there except getting fat. So be in it. Hallelujah. Put your overalls. Build your building, uh, your business. If you're called to be a pastor, be in it. Be a pastor. Buy your Bibles. Buy your commentaries. Buy. Go to university to be developed in terms of understanding the way. Do whatever. Get into it. Get into the zone. You say you want to be a pastor, you don't even have a decent Bible. Hmm? Hello? Hmm? Your sneakers are more expensive than your Bible. Hello? No, no, let's talk now. Those, you are sitting here, you want to be a pastor, for example. You don't have a decent Bible. It starts with the Bible. I bought my first expensive Bible when I was 19 in high school. Because I knew Baruti Batswara Bible is the death. So I went to the bookshop and looked for the best Bible that a pastor can use. And I bought that one. Then I learned from it how to do the things of God. And in the process, I discovered there are even better ones out there with all kinds of information you can use as you teach so that you don't preach errors. Amen. Amen. Just like a soccer player, you must buy good soccer boots. Amen. Hmm. Okay. Let's leave that. Amen. Even this iPad, thousands of Bibles inside here. While you have all the apps for social media, I have <laughs> apps with all kinds of Bibles here. Different translations. And all the things I'm giving you, by the way, I just went through different Bible translations. I didn't even have to work out. The hard work was going to each and every translation, reading the same verse, pulling out the weight, putting aside. I did the hard work for you. That's all I did. That's why the teaching will be accurate. You can go, you will never falter it. You'll have a demon if you find faults with what I just said. <laughs> Amen. Hello. Amen. Yes, I don't know the Greek and the Hebrew. There are Bibles that will explain the Hebrew and the Greek for you, for you to have context. They're here. 
So whatever you want to be, get into the zone. Let us see that nurse. How to make to become a doctor. Whatever it is, be in the zone. Immerse yourself. Immerse is like throw yourself into the water and give your life to doing. Give your life into doing. Like give it completely. The problem is you are not giving your life to doing. You are not. You must give your life to doing. Finally, it says that everyone may notice your improvement and progress. Did you see this in the Bible? Did you see the verse I just read? Okay, let's read it together. Put these abilities to work. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone may notice your improvement and progress. Don't say I'm motivating. It's in the Bible. It's not me. Bible iri. So that everyone, not some, so that everyone may notice your improvement and progress. This is in the New Living Translation, or rather, the Living Bible. Amen? Now, let me give you what our other translations are saying about this. In other words, God, in his design, wants people to see your progress. Amen? The temptation is to say God wants you to show off. He doesn't want you. But he wants you to be so successful that people can see your success. It's godly. How? How trollapili and you are succeeding. You are glorifying God. Because God wants to see your success in Pume. Hello? Amen? Hmm. Let me give you the list quickly. I think you agree with me. God wants people to see your success. Okay. Okay, let me be biblical. Not biblical. Ladder. Let me be... Let me speak... Uh, speak Christian night from ghosts. Who lights a lamp and puts it under a table? No one. When you light a lamp, you put it on the table so that people can enjoy the light. Hello? Amen? You, you get it, I get it. So when God says do all these things, it's so that everyone can see. Every good thing we do, when I succeed, people can praise God, but no, we know where he comes from. Look at what God has done in his life. That's what God wants. He wants to be glorified. But when you are not working hard, when you are not getting into the zone, you are depriving God an opportunity for glory. So in other words, laziness, and glorify God. Yeah. Must work hard. A lazy teacher who doesn't take his calling seriously, he's not bringing glory to God. Amen. Hello? Students who are not doing well at school, you're not bringing glory to God. Employees who are not doing it well at work, you are not glorifying God. That's a sin right there. You have to repent. God needs to be glorified by the things you do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, the boss must be happy, Sis Bonki. The numbers must talk about God. The numbers you have, they must represent God. There must be numbers of success. 
But it's your responsibility to become that. Because Blame COVID. But not just before COVID. And then don't blame COVID about you, it's next. Amen. holy is because of COVID. My name is holy before COVID. Hello? So why don't we just wake up now and start working? Because this thing is not tied up to COVID. I saw another player. I won't mention his name. I've resigned because I can't go back to the country where I play because of COVID. Unemployed anyway, before we end the country. When Avela, you can't hold on to your career long enough. Hey, So we are blaming certain things. Because if you had done extremely well, that club will say, you know what, stay there for as long as you can. As soon as they open, the borders come. They were cutting their losses because Khaliba matter out. Amen. Hello. Amen. Amen. And I got a mercy if not Lilianabakwala the border, Klapia Hajara resigned. No, be on holiday there. When the borders open, come back and they'll pay him full salary because they want him. Amen. Do you understand now? Ne? Hmm. You must work hard. God wants you to have evident progress. It's another translation. I get it is so that everybody can see your progress. Another translation saying you must have evident progress. We must see where you were three years ago, Ngosi, and where you are now. It must be evident to all, not some, to all. It must be visible progress, another translation say. Another translation says you must be moving forward. In other words, you can't be making three steps forward and 15 steps backward. It's ungodly. You must be moving forward only. Forward we go. Amen. 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 You must have... You must become a revelation of progress. But progress. dictionary progress. Amen. 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 And your progress must manifest. And it's still your, uh, uh, your responsibility. Your progress, I like this one, it must be known. And all I just said in Christian language, in Christianese, this is what I just said. You must become fruitful. Amen. Can I have an amen in the house? As we wrap up the sermon then, amen. Hallelujah. The choir, you can get ready. Amen. Just give me two seconds. So all I've just said, work hard, right? Get into the zone, become fruitful. You know why? The Bible says, by their fruits, you shall know them. So with your fruits as a Christian, the world will know that you are a Christian or not. Nothing else. You must bear the fruit. Fortunately for you. Right. So what are we saying? Greatness requires faith from you. All the things I just mentioned now, go taking you through various translations. It will require faith for you to do that. For you to be diligent is a sign that you believe that God has blessed you. Getting in the zone is a sign that you believe that God will bless the works of your hands.
being fruitful, okay, with evident progress is a result of you believing that God had blessed you. Amen. Amen. Not a the wishful thinking, I claim that car. Did you work for it? Hello? Amen. Did you work for it? I claim that house. Did you apply for the bond? Or do you have the cash? Amen. I think we must change these things. Amen. Guess what? We could have not done that. We could have went house to house, evangelized, and the people would have come. In other words, we must do the hard work. You must work. doesn't work. It has never worked. I have testimony now since I've been a Christian for a very long time. I zanya sebit. Because I have to work hard, have the money, go and pay for it. Amen. Do you get the point? I get it. That's how it works. But God has blessed us. That's what I love. But we must make it real. We must do our part. Amen. Mm -hmm. Read a verse with me, then we go home. John 15 verse 8. My true disciple produce bountiful harvest. Ouch. It's not a nice verse, ne? Shall I repeat? John 15, verse 8. My true disciples, Jesus is talking, produce bountiful harvest. Where's your harvest? What are you producing today? Where are your results? Abari. This brings great glory to my Father. It's in the Bible. The true disciples of Jesus Christ, they are productive and fruitful and progressive people. It's in the Bible. It's not me. I wish. And don't say I'm not talking about Jesus. It's Jesus talking here. He says, my true disciples, if you're a true disciple of Jesus Christ, you need to have a bountiful harvest. Where is it? In whatever you're doing in your space. In other words, here's another 12 months from today to next year. Can we see a bountiful harvest in whatever you are doing? Amen. That's if you are a true disciple of Jesus Christ. So you can't separate fruitfulness, success, greatness from Christianity. You can't. God wants us to be successful. Wants us to have a harvest. If you work for 12 months, you must get a bonus after that. You must get a promotion. Amen. Last verse, John 15, verse uh, uh, King, uh, 16. You did not choose me, Jesus says. I chose you. Can you see that? I appointed you to go and produce lovely fruit. Always. Can you see that? I appointed you to go and produce lovely fruit always. So that no matter what you ask, ask for uh, from the Father, using my name, he will give to you. The line I was looking for, you can stand up, we are done. I, I have chosen you to go and produce fruit. We are done. Choir, you can come. Amen. Hallelujah. And glory to God. Amen. Yeah, we can uh, uh, bid farewell to the live streaming people. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, we thank God for you and may God richly
bless you as you continue the rest of your day. Amen. Now, now, Bazalone, what I'm just saying uh, to you as I'm about to pray for you. God, in his wisdom, wants us to do these things. Without us doing these things, we'll never become Ari. Because, boom, I appointed you. Ari, Ari, I did not choose you. That's what it is. You did not choose him. I chose him. So that you can produce fruit. Be productive. Be successful. Be great. That's what I chose you for. Now, you are letting Jesus down when you don't become progressive and fruitful. Amen. I have chosen you to be this. This is a sign that you are my disciple. There are two signs that show that you are a disciple. Yeah, Jesus. One is when we love one another. Two is when we are productive. Is when we are successful. Is when we are great. Without that, we are letting Jesus down. Our testimony does not have any validity. So with those simple words, I'm encouraging everybody to realize your church is not about coming to sing, dancing, reading the way, uh, the word, and preaching. It's more than that. You must do your work and take your calling seriously. In other words, respect. Ne? You don't have to write it down. is Respect your calling. This is a fundamental and the most basic principle in life. Respect your calling. If you are going to be a doctor, respect being a doctor and take it seriously. And any other calling. If you do that, you'll see the hand of God upon your life. Come one day, you won't be a mediocre person, you'll be a highly successful person. By the way, as I'm about to pray, you can look around this room if you want, all of you. If you are younger than somebody, you can choose to be like them or to be better than them. There's nothing wrong with that. When I'm driving around, when I see people who are much older than me with gray hair, I'm going just like, I'm not going to be pushing a trolley, struggling, poor. It's not going to happen. And I see another one in a nice sports car, and then you can see he can die anytime. I go like, You can choose who you become. But then, you must work towards it. And that is why, KB, you can be in the same church. We are about to pray. We can be in the same church. We can come from the same family. We will never have the same results. We'll never. In this church, I pray for you. We do things. Others, some of you, you are flourishing. Some of you, you, you can't wait for this year to end. It's so tough for you. Why? Because you are not making the choice to become great. You come from the same house. You decide, Uri, I go to everybody here. I'll be the different one. Make a decision. And it's a good thing, by the way. And 
Because there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Amen. No, I'm encouraging you. I get you want to be great. But you must... How, how, how do I put this? I'm trying to show you that in this season, you can become whoever you want to, but you must make the choice. Don't look at the next person. Let me lead you so you'll never have the same results in life. Never. Ask my wife. We live in the same house. We live in the same bed. Or rather, no, we sleep in the same bed. We sit in the same couch. Sometimes the same one-seater couch, we sit next to each other on that one. But shall I tell you the truth? We don't have the same results. Doesn't matter how close you can be to a person, you will never have the same result because it's a choice. One will be great, one will be a failure. Same house. Are you praying? Both of you are praying. It's the other one is not doing the things I mentioned this morning. And therefore, while other kids are going to school, talking to students in university, he'll go to university. Koromodimu is not restricted by age. Handleje, handleje, for real, because, and we are not prompt, we are just trying to say it's a choice you make and you pursue it because in Tote had no age restriction in Dombi. No age restriction. From today, that's West. But West and you start working towards that. Because guess what? Because you are going to be a blessing, Laisundwe. You are going to be a blessing in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will do well when you do well personally. So the things I'm trying to say here, I want you to do well personally so that the kingdom of God can benefit. Ah, let's leave that. Let's pray. I know I just ruffled your, prayer, uh, uh, your, your, your feathers here. But they are important. Amen. Amen. If we don't believe, if we did not want to be great, we won't be here. Amen. Somebody must do an EFT month end and pay for the rent. That installment is three or four. Hello. We see why you need to do well in life. Can you see that? Amen. So, until how you can't even put in a hand in the things of God. Amen. So, you need to do well. And God will bless you as you go out and put the word into practice. Jesus says, when you do well, people will know that you are my disciples. John 15 verse 8. I didn't write it. Ask God why he wrote it. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we give you the praise, honor, glory. Raise your hand as high as you can. And the adoration, we want to thank you, Lord, that we have come here in this place. We worship you. We thank you. We lifted up your name. We exalted your word in this place. We labored, O oh God. We did what we can in the natural to preach this word. We therefore now submit this word that has preceded already to the mighty arm of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for driving this word right at the core of the hearts of everyone here. 
the heart of every family represented here, O oh God. May these people here become great in the name of Jesus. Now, listen to this. Well, don't open your eyes. The other day, I met my former pastor, Kosantin. My pastor when I was 17. In other words, I met him more than 20 years later. 23 years later, ne? I met my pastor 23 years later. And then when Santin. Karamuruti. I'm so glad I've met you today. I want you to come to my house and see my house. God, I want you to come and see our church. I just want you to come and see how well we have done. Now, I pray that 10 years from today, 15 years from today, you should be saying that. And then come see. Just come see. Now, you won't even have to invite us because you will be all over the news as the next biggest thing in the country and how happy I will be and how glorious it will be that day when that happens. But not only that, God will be glorified. God will be exalted. I can tell you the angels will rejoice with you as you have succeeded. Listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Father, I lift up your holy name. Father, I thank you have blessed these people beyond measure. You have empowered them. Father, as they go out and put into practice and work out the abilities they have, may you bless the works of their hands. As they study, bless them, Father. As they report for work, bless them, Lord. As they open up their business, bless their businesses. Wherever they work, whatever they're doing, oh God, I pray, bless it in the name of Jesus. May they become great. May they become mighty. May they become highly successful to your honor and to your glory. May the church of Jesus Christ be glorified because of these people. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I'm now asking you, just raise your hands as high as you can. I want to ask God for an important thing now. Father God, in Jesus' mighty name, I'm asking you, close every door that needs to be closed right now. Every door that is not of you, shut it in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, after you have shut all those doors that are supposed to be closed, may you kindly, for this, my brothers and sisters here, open every single door that is supposed to be open right now in the name of Jesus. I come against a disruptive spirit, may you help them to focus and go for everything that you have ordained for them. And as they do that, may they succeed in Jesus' mighty name. Now say these words with me. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, confess you I confess you as my Lord, as my Lord and, Savior. and Savior. Save me. Save me. I, want I want to become, become your, child. your child. I want to, I want to live according to to your word. I commit and dedicate my life to you. From this very point, I am born again. I am saved. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. And every word in your word is my word. It will manifest in my life as I do my part in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. Mamruti, over to you. Amen. Bye.